Welcome everybody, I am Alana. And I am Lady. And this is Spookery. It's our season finale, BB. It is our season finale, Spookerinos. We're here. We fucking did it. We made it to the end of the season with the whole season. almost all of our limbs. I with almost all of them. We won't tell you which ones are gone. We'll wait till season two to reveal that. I'm but telling you that spookery will it it giveth and it taketh away. <laughs> it giveth and it taketh away. <laughs> that is that is the truth. Um, uh, but yeah, this is it. This is the final story episode. We still have one recap episode coming up, but this is the final story episode of the season. It's true. This is it. This is the the grand finale. This is the the end all be all. This is the spookery season finale. Start the ending pretty much how we started in the realm of the spooky and the ooky in the paranormal. Like here we are. Exactly. I know. We we started with some ghosties and we ended with some ghosties. I think it uh it turned out pretty well. It's like it's the perfect little bookends. It's the little bookends of the season. I couldn't ask for a better better closer. And I haven't even heard the story yet. Right. You have no idea what we even picked for today. Wait, well, you're going to hear what I picked and you'll be like, no. I, take I was that. like, this wow, is... no, actually, this is the worst <laughs> season finale we've ever had. And we've never had a season finale. No. Exactly. And that, like you said, we're setting the bar really low right from the beginning. No, um, I, 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 you know, you can't go wrong with the haunting. I, pre- I you, you cannot go wrong with the haunting. They're all fun. They're all great. They're all spooky. They're all ooky. They're perfect with the spookery. I cannot wait to see what you picked. It's true. I really, I, I did put a lot of pressure on myself to pick one, like you said, that really felt like the best like end, ending note for the season. So I, I rewrote the script with three different topics. This is my third topic, three times the charm. I, I really think this is it. I'm really excited to tell you the story. I'm so, so excited. Without further ado, we are going back to Australia. Wow. For a second time. Oh my goodness. That was, I I actually got whiplash because I was not expecting that. I was like, I was telling my family. I was like, I bet she's going to pick an Ameri- American haunting. She's a homegrown American girl. Nope. I have I've, a feeling I've... she's going to, she's going to go true to her route. She's going to pick a, a local American. Ha- no, I just got fucking whiplash how quickly I had to turn my head. I, my first two were American and I was like, no, you know what? I need to pick something. I need to, I need to expand my horizons a little bit. Cause I do pick a lot of American stuff. I'm Americans, as you know, we're very self-centered. We look around <laughs> us like 10 feet and we're like, that's it. That's the world, right? Like that's, mm. this is, that's it. So I, I tried to expand my horizons a little bit. Lady, you inspired me with, you've gone very international with all your cases. And I was like, you know what? We're, I know we're, we're going back to Australia for a second time, but I mean, I, like I feel like we've been we've been pretty equal. Like, like I've been a little international, but I've also been a little American. So I feel like we're we're doing we're doing the same thing. Like there's no there's, like we're, we're doing it. Right. We're doing the damn. By the end of this, we'll have a whole spookery map. We'll we'll go everywhere basically I to the so. deepest darkest depths of the earth. I I hope so. Sure. My um, my you know I've got one on the, about the Earth's core on my my list. You know it's it's only a matter of that's a lie. I, said, that's oh, a lie. I was like I actually <laughs> thought you did. I'm like wow okay. No, that's a flat out lie. That's a lady fact for you. Well, I got real excited there. Wow. Now I feel like I gotta find one. All right. now, yeah, now we have to find one. Earth core ghosts. Oh, I got yeah. you. <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Um, but yeah, so I do think what I picked today is a little bit more well known than the other Australian case we did, which was the family. But mm-hmm. I will admit, like I said, I'm, I'm a true American. Before this, I had never heard of it. I, I was like, wow, how have I never? How have I never heard of this? Like, it is just one of those things. But I am sure that you have heard of it. I, I really am. I think you are going to have a lot of insight to add to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited for this. I'm 
so curious. I don't know a lot about Australian hauntings personally. I'm not familiar with the Australian. I'm not familiar with the down under spookeries. But, you know, I am so excited. I can't. What did you pick? I need to know. Well, so, okay. Today, we are going to be talking about the Monte Cristo Homestead. The Monte Cristo Homestead? Have you not heard of this? I have never heard of this. Ma'am, I'm actually, I didn't even mean to surprise you with this one. I I really, I told Corey, I'm like, Lady's going to know more about this than I am. I'm going to be going through and she's going to be like, actually, and she's going to correct me on things, which um, I anticipate yeah, Actually, doing. everyone knows Australian ghosts hang upside down. Yeah, it's the rule. No. I, <laughs> right, that's, I like, I really anticipated that. Uh, wow, okay. I don't right. know this one. I, well, I I'm think telling you a fresh story you tonight. Are. are you ready? I, I'm so ready. I, like, my, my paranormal... I almost said paranormal paraphernalia. That's not right. My paranormal uh, knowledge comes mostly from European hauntings because Europe is old and scary and old. And that's where all of my ghosts are. So Australia and America, I'm like, they're too new to have ghosts. They're too young to have ghosts. So this is like, I'm ready. It, um. it is kind of like, as far as ghosts go, it is, I feel like, a newer ghost. I mean, this like, like 18... Like eighties. Oh yeah, real recent. So like yeah, I'm like it's like it's really not that old. Like very recent. Last hundreds of years. So, mm. um, yeah. So not too too old. But this this is dubbed Australia's most haunted house. So that is why I really thought like I was surprised I hadn't heard of it. But I was like, man, with a name like that. Well, I also like just I've I've been caught unawares by like most haunted things before when I lived in New Jersey. I apparently lived five miles away from America's Most Haunted Road and didn't realize until I left New Jersey. And You're like, I, wow. And I've been kicking myself that I would, are you kidding? I lived five miles from America's Most Haunted Road and I didn't drive down it once. I'm Missed upset and I didn't know it was there. Um, now we got to go back. That's all it means is now we're going back together and it's yeah. going to be even better. And the and so. the Jersey Devil Castle was right across the road. From, like, oh my what? gosh. So, uh, yeah, we take so. the Jersey Devil Road down to the Jersey Devil Castle and we see the Jersey Devil. I, I'm to this day. I will beat myself up mercilessly <laughs> that I didn't That's know. A, we'll rectify that. Yeah, That's I was right. I was new. I was an American at the time, so <laughs> it balances out, I guess. That is so funny. Um, but for, for those unaware, like Lady and myself, the uh, the Monte Cristo Homestead is a two story house with eleven rooms. It was built in 1885. Okay. Uh, in late Victoria, late Victorian style. Uh, the home sits upon a hill overlooking the town of Junee, Australia, in New South Wales. Okay. So it was actually one of the first buildings to be constructed in the town of Junee. Um, the beautiful house gives the appearance of affluence and elegance. However, the experiences people have had there, coupled with the spooky history of the home, has led it to carry the reputation of Australia's most haunted house. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I think it's a I think it's a good topic for the episode today. I think this is a great this is a great season finale, ma'am. I'm thinking I'm so. excited. Uh, before we get into that beautiful beautiful context, I am going to go ahead and give a small little trigger warning right here. Uh, we are going to be talking mostly not too bad of topics today, but there is um, some slight animal cruelty and s- slight child abuse. I guess is the best word for it. I'm like, how do I? Yeah. Yeah, I think child abuse. Um, Animal cruelty and child abuse. Yeah, if those topics are not something you want to hear about, you can go ahead and skip this episode. Um, But they are very minor parts of the episode, and you can go ahead and also skip just the very specific parts, Mm -hmm. and you'll still get pretty much the full spookiness without hearing those specific bits. So either way, 
No worries. And as always, I always make sure I put the trigger warning times in the description. So if you guys want to hear the story, but you don't want to listen to those particular parts, the description always has those time slots so that you can skip over. Beautiful. Thank you so much, lady. We appreciate you. You know, anything for you. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, before we get into the actual hauntings about the Monte Cristo homestead themselves, we got to give some context to the Monte Cristo home. You got to give the context. You got to do it. Like, who is Monte and who is Cristo? I got to know. I want to know who beat who in an arm wrestling competition. I got to know. That was literally when I when I heard about this, that was my first question, right? I'm like, this has to be named after someone. But no, there was not a single Monty nor a single Cristo. Monty means mountain and Cristo means Christ? You nailed it. It actually, like you said, <laughs> it translates to mountain of Christ, which is actually very apt as we talked about it. It sits right on a hill mm-hmm. and it's also a place where spirits roam. So I don't think the original owners meant for the name to be so literal. But yeah, I was about to say, did they deliberately build a mansion on a haunted hill? And they were like, I can't believe that there are ghosts in our house suddenly. That's so strange. <laughs> who would have who would have foreseen this turn of events? <laughs> right. It really is one of those things where it's like so funny, like just looking at it. But no, I don't think I don't think that was the original intent. Ah, pity. But I would do that. That's something I would do. <laughs> I know. It's a really it's a fitting name. I'm like, man, I think you're going to like this. Oh, I'm so excited. So. Uh, speaking of the original owners, uh, let's introduce our first character, Christopher William Crawley. Or Christo so, for short. Yeah, I guess I'm like, technically he is Christo, yeah, yeah, but Got him. I don't think they called him that. Uh, <laughs> so because this did take place, I say so long ago, but not that long ago, there was some kind of discrepancies in like the dates of certain things. Like they would be like, no, 1885, this happened, but then it'd be like 1884 over here. So I'm just kind of, I did my best. I constructed yeah. the narrative with what I could based off of events. If anyone has any corrections of dates or details, please kindly let me know. I'm very open to those corrections and I would love to know if I did the make mistakes. So yeah, please. That's the, the fickle nature of old timey cases. Sometimes the dates just be, they just be weird to be, but we don't know. They, we they just, just be, be, we don't know. Exactly. So if I did make that mistake, just let me know. But otherwise, we'll keep going. So. Uh, Back to Mr. Crawley. So not only did Mr. Crawley actually build the Monte Cristo home himself, but he actually would go on to become one of Junie's original founders. So originally a native of Liverpool, uh, as he grew up, he developed an interest in farming. At the very early age of 19, he moved himself to Tamut, I think is how you say it, Mm -hmm. where he found work under a Mr. A. Watson, presumably doing farming work, but I couldn't exactly confirm what his like job title was what he was doing out there well everybody knows that he was also the apprentice of sherlock holmes being the watson (laughs) being the watson right (laughs) yeah so they were they were out there doing work um this is also back in a time when you basically could just like throw something down on a piece of land and be like this is mine now i I own this this is mine you see that i I peed on that tree it's mine now this is my Um, land you can't tell me otherwise literally like that's what a time to be alive um Mm. And that's basically what Mr. Crawley did. He took up a free spot of land along the Murrumbidgee River, where he would stay for quite some time. Uh, During his time in Tumut, he would also get married to a woman by the name of Elizabeth Lydia Carr. And they would go on to have seven children together. That's a lot of children. It's a lot of children. I don't think there was much to do in Tumut at the time, so they had a lot of children. That's too many cents a big. It's right. Uh, four, Four daughters, three sons. The girls' names were Helen Ann, Lydia Blanche, Florence Agnes, and Angela Christina. Quite literally the most beautiful names in existence. <laughs> they they were some really elegant names. The, get ready for the boys' names. Oh, I'm so ready. The boys' names, Mervyn Marmaduke, 
okay. <laughs> That's my favorite one, Mervyn. Mervyn I love that so much. Uh, Aubrey Clarence and Alphonse Hillary. Wow. Like they just some elegant ass name. Like those these, names just exude elegance. Yeah, like they, these are distinguished people. <laughs> yeah, the crawl even the crawlies. Don't they just sound like some rich bastards? I'm I'm having a moment where I might know, I actually might know this case and I know it under I, a different <laughs> name. And it's really and I'm gonna gonna sit here and I'm just gonna let it happen because I might be <laughs> just, wrong. Just have that moment. We'll see. You'll probably, if this is something you know about, I feel like you'll know really quickly. I I think there's going to be a particular moment. And if that moment comes, I'm thinking about the same thing. And if it doesn't come, I'll be like, I was a fool. Ignore this. Me, cut this out. I mean, I mean, maybe it's something, I don't know. Like, maybe you'll surprise me with the detail I didn't even find. Who knows? Who Who knows? knows? Who knows? So, uh, this big family, nine people all together. They get the mom, the dad, seven kids. Uh, in 1875, Mr. Crawley bought two parcels of land in the village of Juni to build his family home for this giant family. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, at the time, a village of Juni, because it was that small. It wouldn't actually officially become a town until 1883. Mm-hmm. So they moved in. There was literally nothing in this town. Uh, They just had this plot of land, and it was a bit of a struggle for them at first. Um, The family lived on a little, small slab hut, and Mr. Crawley had difficulties feeding his family. Um, It was even reported that there was a drought at the time. Mr. Crawley was, like, the guy to actually go out and find, like, the stream where they would even get their water from. So, like, they were were really roughing it out there in the middle of this this village. Mm -hmm. Um, But just three years later, in 1878, their luck would change for the better when the Great Southern Railway Line opened up. Ah. And that was big, big news. Not just for the Crawleys, but for the town of Juni. Uh, And Crawley really did see this as his chance, and he capitalized on it. He scraped together what money he could, and he purchased the license for a hotel, which he planned to build directly opposite from the soon-to-be railway. Okay. Yeah, Pretty, yeah, yeah. Monetize that that shit. You know, you've got a lifeline of people coming in. You might as well give them a, a place to stay. Right. Exactly. So uh, the hotel would basically become the center of Juni, um, and at the time, it, like I said, it was a barren wasteland. This this was one of the only buildings in the village. Uh, there was a railway store and just a few other slap huts, and that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So not only did the Crawleys benefit greatly from this investment, but so did the whole village. Um, so yeah, Crawley made a pretty big difference for this town, like, right away. Uh, the hotel allowed the town to hold travelers, like you said, which therefore, in, in turn, allowed for agriculture trade, and this is basically what pushed Crawley to become wealthy and prominent within the village rather quickly. Mm-hmm. During these years, the family moved from their original slab hut to a small brick cottage. Uh, but okay. now that they were the wealthiest family in town, it was kind of strange that they were living in this small cottage, and they kind of really needed a new home to reflect their their status and their wealth. Yeah, there's nine of them, and they were living at a hut and not a cottage. Yeah. Like that's a that's a lot of people. Yeah, and it, like like you said, and there's this like grand hotel across the street, and they're just yeah. like living in this tiny little thing. Nine of them. Yeah, uh, nine of them. And so that. Mr. Crawley moved on with construction of their new homestead from in 1884 to 1885. Their old brick cottage would then become the servants' quarters, and the original slab hut would be demolished and turned into a stable for Crawley's prized horses. So, oh, of course, right. if you're a if you're a wealthy man of the hotels, you've got at least 14 prized horses. I know. I couldn't find the names of the horses. I was really hoping. I feel like Crawley would have some really cool like racehorse names. So, I feel like he's given his kids such elegant names. I also feel like he would have named his horses something really awful, <laughs> like this is Mudskipper, <laughs> and this is Sea Biscuit, <gasps> no, and are- this one. 
This is Jeff. This is Jeff. Oh my god. <laughs> Those are great names, okay, ma'am? I love Jeff the Jeff the Prize Horse. Jeff, Jeff the Prize Horse. He's an Arabian thoroughbred. He's going to win so much money in this racehorse that doesn't exist yet. It doesn't even exist. Yes. Um, but yeah, they, they started living large. They had this beautiful, beautiful town living at the literal peak of the town. The Crawley family continued to be prominent in the town's activities, and the home itself would become a central social hub of the town. They would sto- they would go on to throw balls and galas, um, and even between these events, Miss Crawley herself would be the most devoted member to the Catholic Church. So mm. they, they were very, very prominent. They were very social people, constantly just out and about. Everyone knew the Crawleys. Like, you, if you mm-hmm. came to Junie, you knew the Crawleys. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, uh, she also was raising her seven children. Um, though, I will note that despite being this committed Catholic, uh, and even later on converting a room in her house to being a chapel, Miss Crawley is rumored to have actually been a pretty cruel person and kind of unkind. Yeah. I think I think that for, the, that's, for that time period, I think that's kind of common. It's a lot of, like, I'm going to be a cruel and vicious person and then I'm going to pray it away. Yeah. Her, if as long as God forgives me, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, that's, I feel like, kind of what it was. They had their their help that, like, the, they were the only ones that really saw behind, like, what happened behind closed doors. And so yeah. everyone was like, man, this is, like, the perfect family. But then, like, you know, there's rumors going around town and they're like, they're actually assholes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, like, it's, yeah. It's, you know, we, we've covered a couple of families like that mm-hmm. on the podcast already. I mean, Hinter Kaifek was a more open version of that, but it's like, yeah, awful, awful people doing awful things. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, these were just rumors, so we don't really know. From the outside, they really did look like the perfect family. Um, all, mm-hmm. all the kids really did receive the best education that their parents could afford, and all the kids would actually become quite musically talented as well. So they mm-hmm. they were prominent, they were wealthy, they had educated kids that were out there playing music. Uh, they had literally gone from rags to riches, and they flourished for years. Um, all was well, basically up until December 14th, 1910. You know what's a bad day, because I'm giving you the date. It was the date of our first strategy. It's the spookery guarantee. If there's a date, something something happened. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, a quote directly from a Judy correspondent on that night. Mr. Christopher William Crowley of Monte Cristo died at 5 o'clock this evening from blood poisoning, aged 69 years. Deceased was the pioneer of Junie, originally selecting the land on which the township now stands for over 30 years ago, the great, greater portion of which he still possessed. The funeral leaves the Catholic Church at 3 o'clock on Thursday evening for the Catholic portion of the cemetery. I love that. I'm... I, you darn tootin'. They're Australian, so I know that's not how they said it, but um, it's how I said it. You know, that's how we said it, and I, you know I'm going to edit it so it's even better. <laughs> you can edit it so I have an Australian accent? I, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just add that in later, would you please? Come on. You I'll go, go find an Australian. They're like, hey, can you dub this can you dub <laughs> real quick? Oh, my God. I can't do an Australian accent or else I would try. Um, but Look, that's... I can't even do an Australian accent, and I can do some accents, so, like, <laughs> you're, uh, there is no shame. I feel bad. There is no shame. I did try to practice for this, but I just went with my generic correspondent voice, so I hope that sufficed. I love it. I love um, old-timey radio voice. It makes me yeah. happy. <laughs> so, Christopher Crawley, 69 years of age, unfortunately passed. Um, it was reported that the blood poisoning was actually due to a carbuncle on his neck, which, do you know what that is? Because I didn't know. I th- I immediately thought of the Final Fantasy Carbuncle, which is not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently. I think I think it's like a cyst. Yeah, it's like a big 
boil, but from my under, like, I didn't really want to Google it too many, like, as far as pictures go, because I didn't want to see it, but it said that it should was, like, I, multiple. Should I should bite the bullet and just do this real quick? I, I mean, should if I, you want to do it for spooky listeners, I was I was a little scared when uh, it came to the, the carbuncle. I'm, I'm doing it for you, spooky listeners. Just know, if I can't go to sleep tonight, it's your fault. It's your fault. You're... Oh, thankfully, there's no pictures. Okay. Okay, cool. This is the definition of a carbuncle. A group of pus-filled bumps forming a connected area of infection under the skin. Mm. Carbuncles form when one or more hair follicles get infected. It's basically, it was an ingrown hair that got out of control. Okay, yeah, it said that he had, it was a carbuncle that got infected because his, like, shirt collar, like, was chafing it and, like, mm. rubbing on it. And it's hot. Yeah, yeah. and he's sweating a lot and you've got an ingrown hair. It says they often occur on the back of the neck, shoulders, or thighs, so it's a lot of, like, sweat-heavy areas and a lot of areas that are prone to chafing. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. Okay. They are treatable by a medical professional, but this is the 1800s and everyone knows that leeches don't fix everything. Yeah, I'm sure they tried. But yeah, I, it does say that they're a short-term problem, though, so there you go. That's really unfortunate. I was like, this sounded like an awful way to go, and now that I know more about it, I'm confirming that, yes, this was a pretty awful way to go. Yeah, I, I can only hope, though, that it was a, a short-term thing, because if like it sounds like carbuncles, they get bad quickly, Yeah. and so hopefully if it wasn't treated quickly, it killed him quickly. I can only hope. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, hopefully it just wasn't a long, painful thing for him. But Yeah, but if it died of blood poisoning, then who knows? Yeah, I... And we will never know because it happened in, you know, 18... The 1800s and he died at the age of 69. Nice. Uh, 1910. That's what it was. 18, 1910. 18, 1910. <laughs> that's a date. That sure is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so unfortunately he passed away. Uh, Mrs. Crawley really was never the same again after that. She was truly heartbroken and just unable yeah. to cope with the loss of her husband. Um, so she kind of began spending most of her time up in the attic where she had constructed her own small chapel, which we talked about. Oh, same. Yeah, that's what you do when you're <laughs> heartbroken. You're like, let me just build a chapel. Oh, I just, like, you just retreated to your attic. That's just oh, what I do. Oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> so she, she would continue to live in the house for her remaining 23 years, where in all that time, it was reported that she only left the house twice. Oh, yeah. In 23 okay. years. Yeah. That's that's some serious heartbreak. That's a lot of that's just a lot of just a lot of sadness. I I truly like I, my heart went out to this woman just like being that heartbroken about her husband. Yeah. She she would actually live until the old age of 92. Wow. And uh, that's, yeah. Wow. She lived another 23 years after her husband died. So August 12th, 1933, she unfortunately passed due to heart failure um, that was actually caused by a ruptured appendix. A ruptured appendix. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they neither of them died of old age. They di both died of complications to a medical issue. They did, which I, I thought that was, like, really interesting, because at first I just found heart failure for, for her, and I had found just... Um, not the blood poisoning, but I found heart failure for both of them. That's what it was. And I was like, that's really oh. interesting. But then it was like due to underlying, like his came from the blood poisoning, hers came from the appendix. So I was just like, huh. Yeah. Interesting. That's kind of That's kind of spooky. Yeah. Very, very strange. Um, most of the children were grown up and gone by this point. Um, but the last of the Crawleys would remain in the house in, until 1948. After that, it would basically become abandoned uh, besides a few caretakers that remained on the property to kind of take care of it which was strange, and I tried to look a little bit more into that because I'm like, who's, like, paying these caretakers? Were they just, like, hired help that lived there, and so when no one stopped paying them, they're just kind of, like, free help? I wasn't I wasn't really sure. 
you know, it possibly could have been one of the kids that inherited the house, possibly either the oldest or maybe the youngest, you know, like, the, you. this is your allotted parcel, but they had a lot of bad memories in the house, especially if the, their mother was a cruel woman. Yeah. And so it's like, I have this house, I have this historic house that my father built, but I don't, I can't be there. Yeah. So I'll take care of it, like, through my own purse, through my own inheritance, but I just, I cannot be in that house. It's very possible. Well, the caretakers did a pretty okay job of taking care of it, but... It, That's not a good sign. It, it really, it didn't get taken care of, like, the best. It was actually, like, yeah. for, by the time that it was purchased later on, it was, like, pretty ransacked. It was very neglected and vandalized. All of the original furnishings were stolen or auctioned off. So it was yeah. it was in pr- a pretty sorry state of decay. Um, completely, you know, the opposite of its once very glamorous appearance of wealth and affluence. Yeah, this used to be the gem of this town, and now suddenly it's like a rotting corpse on a hill. That everyone can see, like you said, it's like the center of the town and it's just like dying slowly. Um, Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah, so finally, in 1963, the Monte Cristo homestead was purchased by Reginald and Olive Ryan. Oh, you know it's a good story when it's a Reginald. Right? So uh, they their main goal was the goal of restoring it to its former glory. Okay. So they saw this house in the, the state that it was in, and they said, not on our watch. Um, the home, like I said, was just very, very bad shape, and it really needed a lot of major work in order to achieve that. But the Ryans were ready for that challenge. Uh, they had five children okay. who were actually very up to the task of helping them. All right. They had Deborah, uh, Nolene, I think is how you pronounce it, uh, Micheline, Char- Shirley, and Lawrence. And Lawrence. <laughs> and Lawrence was there. <laughs> Lawrence is actually great. We, like, everyone, like, we'll talk about Lawrence later, but everyone loves Lawrence. Everyone loves Lawrence. Lawrence. All right. Sure. Yeah. Show me Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence is great. We all love Lawrence. All right. Um, and yeah, they, they assisted them throughout their whole lives, as we'll find out, even, even today. Um, so they, they were very dedicated to their cart to the cause. Reginald himself was actually a, uh, a tailor by trade in the beginning, okay. but he would work a variety of jobs, including as a waiter, a laborer, a door-to-door salesman, um, pretty much anything he could to try to support uh, before eventually becoming an antiques dealer, Okay, which was a very lucrative career move for what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah, repurposing um, old historic homes. I'm sure antique dealing is way in there. Yes, exactly. So this is really what helped them secure the future of the homestead. Mm-hmm. Um, they worked very diligently to source out original furnishings um, and fixtures to really recreate the house's original ambiance, because that was their goal. They didn't want to just like restore this and make it look nice. They wanted to get it back to what it was when it was built. Okay. Which is a, a really like honorable endeavor, to be honest. Yeah. It's sometimes, oh. it, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, because when you restore something perfectly to it, like its original condition, that also comes with all its faults. And it also means that some of like older architecture, which can be considered hazardous, it can actually, you know, hinder and some areas can become uninhabitable. So like someone wants to live there, one, they can't renovate the house to be safe. And two, yeah. it constrains like, you know, what you can install, like you can't like get certain running water or do you have issues with asbestos? It's like it can be it's a good thing and a bad thing. I, I'm very much of the balance. Like I love restoring things to the way that they were, but I also love improving them to be better than they were. Absolutely. Like you said, getting rid of like the hazardous parts and things like that. That's something I really didn't even consider because I don't look into house restoration too much, but that is actually a really good point. Especially if you you decide to move into what's considered like a historic house and like if historic communities can get a hold of it, it can actually really limit like how you want to expand upon like property that you've bought. And also it it means that you can't get rid of the ghosts because they are in fact a historic part of the house. That is a very, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it comes with the territory. I don't know if they wanted to keep them there or not, but we'll see. They, They achieved it. Yeah. 
so as as they were recreating uh, the house back to its former glory, uh, in this time it kind of became like a museum for tours, which also oddly enough included a large doll exhibit. Oh, uh, the yeah, which do they belong to Merwin pre- Marmaduke? Mervin Marmaduke. Yep. Every single one. <laughs> you know? I'm not here Every to judge one. Merwin. Mervin? Marmaduke. I'm going to refer to him as Marmaduke from here on out. I, I really didn't look into, like, I guess the motive of why this doll exhibit was included in this whole thing. Maybe maybe they were donated from, like, local like uh, like local antiquity houses. It's like, oh, if you're going to, like, have a historical building, let's turn it into a historical museum. And, like, here's all of our antiques, maybe? I think that maybe was it, like you said, for the like the town in general. Like it was a pretty small town, and there was probably like one museum. So they're like, like you said, just make it make it all inclusive. Yeah, makes sense. That's probably that's a good that's a good idea. I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I'm like that is a strange choice to just include this very large doll exhibit in the middle of your. Um, you know, maybe Reginald was a doll collector. He's like, I finally have a place to put all my historic dolls. <laughs> behold, behold, my doll um, exhibit. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, no, it's as creepy as it sounds when you do look at pictures and stuff from yeah, it. Yeah, when I think antique doll exhibit, I, I'm not filled with sunshine and rainbows. I'm filled with dust and asthma. Mm-hmm. It was one picture that I saw, and it literally looked like the doll, like, just, like, I don't know, like, it was, like, bleeding from its eyes, and I was like, oh, that's a, okay. it's a cursed doll. That's on the I'll Instagram, f- probably. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to find the picture again the <laughs> I, I think it was from this. I, I just scrolled past it, because I was like, that's creepy. I can't look at that right now. But <laughs> if it is, in fact, one of this, I will put it in the Instagram. And if it's not, I will put it in the Instagram, but just say, not from this case, but whoo. Not from, <laughs> but we just wanted to, to haunt your nightmares. Here you yeah, go. Yeah, here's, here's your nightmare fuel for the evening. <laughs> We delivered. So, uh, with all of the additions to this museum, the Monte Cristo antiques quickly gained international recognition, and the homestead served as a showroom for many years. This allowed the Ryan family to acquire art and antique pieces that have made the property famous worldwide. Um, However, in 1986, the Ryan family made a slight change to the business and stopped dealing in antiques and instead opened the Monte Cristo as a local museum, um, with the family members actually serving as the tour guides. And so now, they also started adding ghost tours. You know what this reminds me of? Hmm. Do you know Zach Baggins? No, that name sounds so Baggins. Zach Baggins, he's a very famous ghost hunter, and he has his own, like, haunted museum, but it's basically just full of, like, haunted antiquities. Yes, yes, I've heard of this. Yeah, and there's, like, it's it's full of, like, haunted dolls and, like, cursed chairs and, like, lockboxes with demons in them. And it's, like, this is giving me that vibe where it's, like, we have this house full of, like, creepy shit. And, whoa, half of it's haunted, so we might as well just, like, lean into that and, like, it's all haunted, baby! (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's kind of exactly what happened here is, like... Some spooky stuff started happening, and they said, "You know what? Let's like you said, let's just roll with that. Like, why are we? Why yeah, are we, we fighting get the, the spooky stuff out? Yeah, but we could also monetize the ghosts. Exactly. They're not doing monetize. anything. Mon- monetize. Did I say that? Monetize. Uh, monetize. <laughs> monetize. <laughs> it's the same. We're good. <laughs> Oof. It's late. <laughs> it's a spooky late. It is a spooky late. Um. So now with the ghost tours. Thousands of tourists were visiting this every year with hopes of experiencing some of the spookiness. But I know you're probably thinking at this point, like, what ghosts? We literally haven't talked about a single ghost. There's not been a single spooky thing that's happened other than the dolls were kind of weird. Like, yeah, I was imagining there's probably a a ghost girl that followed a doll. And I'm going to assume that our boy Crawley and Mrs. Crawley are creeping around as well. Ma'am, if you were a betting man, you would make some money right now. 
Uh, I, I know my ghosts. <laughs> literally, the next line in this is like, I bet you can guess who your first ghost were. Um, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, Oops, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, other, other than the Crawleys uh, themselves, we kind of do need to go back in time to when the Crawleys did own the place in order to kind of shed some lights on some of the dark spots in the history of the home. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned earlier that Miss Crowley was a bit of a cruel woman. I'm sure she got up to some dastardly deeds. Yeah, so the, the house is rumored to have at least 10 ghosts. So we got some... That's a lot of ghosts. We got some digging to do. Um, That's more than the Crowley's. Exactly. So some of these ghosts are more prominent than others, and some of them still remain unidentified. But let's talk about the ones that we do know. Okay. So let's let's go ahead and talk about the obvious ones first. Let's talk about Christopher. Uh, mm-hmm. So Crowley's ghost... Christo himself. Christo himself, yeah. Like, I, I actually... <laughs> like, I'm wondering, like, I, how did I not actually see that, like, Christo is in Christopher this whole time? I wrote, I wrote this whole script and didn't, like, put one plus one, like, is two. Oh, my God. I'm like, there's no Christo in this whole story. And then two minutes in, you're like, but Alana... <laughs> I'm so, Christo we found. I'm He's so right dumb. There. I'm so dumb. But anyway, I need to I need to like find that out now. Um <laughs> Crawley himself, he really his ghost has only been spotted um in the room where he died in like around the hallway area, but he is reportedly as kind as ever, making people feel welcome by just his sight in the oh, house. He just kind of wanders oh, about. I, love that. I imagine him like one of the ghosts from like the haunted mansion ride where he like tips his hat to you and kind of gives you like the wave, but it's like whole Oh, yeah, like the hat ghost. Yeah, like the whole head comes off with it, you know. No, I love that, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would make sense with his carbuncle on his neck that, you know, maybe, like, separation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know but that, it makes sense. I, you know, I was, it's nicer than the ghost I imagined. I was imagining, like, a big pus ghost. A big pus ghost, oh, God. I guess really, I'm sorry, that was really gross, but that's what I imagine. No, he is a welcome sight, but I haven't heard anything bad. I did read through a lot of, like, first-hand accounts. I didn't put anyone's name in here, like, list anyone's, like, reviews, because there's a lot of stuff on Facebook, you know, so. But a lot of people are yeah. like, yeah, no, we saw him, like, in the room. Um, oh, I love and that. He's, he's great, but that's very unlike Mrs. Crowley, who is one of the most powerful princes in the home, and also unlike her husband, she can be seen all over the place. Though she is most often seen in the small room that she converted into a chapel. That's her favorite place in, in life and death. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say she was mostly seen in the attic. That's Yeah, that is the attic. Is the Oh, yeah. I thought, whoops, my bad. I misunderstood. I thought they were two different rooms. No, the, she built, it was a small chapel room inside the attic. It's, okay. Yeah. I thought she built the small chapel room downstairs, but then she liked to hide in the attic in like a personal like, prayer room. She said she I combined thought. the two. She said, these are my safe spots. I'm going to just put them together. Yeah, yeah, this is my edit. Get out of my edit. <laughs> and I'm like, I respect that, ma'am. I respect that so hard. It's, it's the holiest place in the house. Um, mm, the attic <laughs> or the unholiest place, depending on your perspective. It's true. Some of us have, you know, mirror ghosts that we can't get out of our attic. So, <laughs> you know, like, he's, he's just chilling. He's just chilling. <laughs> he's just chilling. Um, so, like I said, that's her favorite spot in the house, though. Uh, she, she has quite a few different reporting. Some people have heard hearing just her heartbroken spirit weeping. While others actually okay. describe physically seeing her dark figure roaming around the halls, she's said to be dressed all in black and carries around a silver cross. Why did I feel like you were going to say that? I had a feeling you were going to say she's a woman in black. She's, she's a woman she's in a black. Llorona. She is. I thought, I I had a feeling. I was like, she's a fucking Sarah Winchester she of it all, isn't she? She is. She's a crying lady who's just walking around the house with her silver cross and her black dress. And I, I wonder if the woman in black is based off of this. It could be the how when you see the actual house for this too. I think it might like you'll be like, wow, mm. it's mm. it's pretty cool. 
I will look into it. Um, some have even felt her her push them actually out of rooms too. Mainly the dining room, oh. but she her presence is pretty powerful in the house. She's got a lot of yeah. Sounds like she was like the the, the reigning party, the reigning power of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, psychics that have gone to this house, like you know, paranormal experts. I will say, uh, have have claimed that she is like the the entity, basically. Uh, yeah. Her presence is also felt when the room suddenly becomes icy cold, which I feel like is super on brand for a sad widow, too. She's like, I want all these people out of my house. Just leave me alone. And then she just, like, cranks up the AC, so you just, like, get the fuck out. Mm. Oh, she's... Oh, so, like, are we, we going to apply fast rules to this? Or is like, okay, we've got freezing temperatures. Yeah, that's... <laughs> we've got spirit We box. haven't even we've talked got... about the ghost orbs yet, so just wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> there are ghost orbs. Um... <laughs> And then, like I said, those are the two obvious ghosts. But in order to give context to these next ghosts, we have to talk about the dark history of the house. we got to go back to when the Crowleys were yeah. living in the home. Um, so there were actually a pretty large number of tragedies that occurred during this time. And I hid them from you yeah. on purpose until now to make you think like, wow, everything was so peachy and wonderful. And I'm going to pull that I rug out from under you. I can't believe you hid context from I me. I did it for a reason. I apparently. So, Not that I haven't done that to you before. Exactly. It's hinterkaifecht all over again. So, I'm so <laughs> <laughs> this is my hinterkaifeck moment. Um, so remember those prized horses we were talking about that Mr. Crawley had? <gasps> Jeff! Yeah, Jeff. Well, someone had to take care of Jeff because Mr. Crawley was too busy out being affluent in the town and going to Yeah, he was too busy tipping his hat. Exactly. Yeah. So someone had to take care of those horses. So he hired people to do that. Um, and one of those people that he hired was actually a young stable boy named Morris who lived in okay. the coach house. That is such an 1800s staple, like, name, Morris. Morris, fetch, like, fetch Jeff for me, would you? Morris the stable boy, please go fetch Jeff for me. I must chip my hat in many fashions today. Literally, yeah, these names were on point for the story, genuinely. Oh, I love it. Unfortunately, little Morris one day fell pretty terribly ill, like, so ill that he was unable to get up for work. Um, oh. However, he his boss was a boss, uh, and he was like, nope, you're not ill, you're just being lazy. And so in order mm. to teach him a lesson, he set his bed on fire. That seems like a bit of an overreaction. He thought, oh, he will wake up and get up, and that, that'll, like, literally light a fire under his butt, and he will get up and... Oh, he lit the mattress on fire while he was in it. While he, oh, while this, I misunderstood. Nope. While this boy was in bed going, I physically am too ill to get up, and he's sleeping in bed. This boss, who, wow. who I was unable... When they say boss, I only ever saw boss. I saw them called master, but I never... Was this Crawley? Like, who's... what? How far up... What boss was this? Was Ooh, this another yeah, stable guy? A, I, well, did Crawley murder this boy? I, when you said boss, I thought Crawley, but it's possible. Yeah, there might have been like a butler or a head of a head of staff. Well, who? So this is the first of many sus things about Mr. Crawley, right? You're, you're mm. gonna find out some more. So anyway, unfortunately, Morris really was sick, and so because his bed was set on fire, he was really unable to get up, and he passed away. So no. in present oh, day, Morris. Morris's ghost visitors report hearing screams from around the coach house. So that's oh, that's like the worst kind of ghost. Yeah, Morris's spirit is not a happy one. He's also a wailing no. spirit out by the ghost uh, by the coach house, the ghost house. Different kind of wailing, yeah. Yeah. So, but like I said, this is like the first of many like sus things with Crawley. Just just wait. Okay. So we're getting to okay. ghost number four at this point. Uh, the next major tragedy was actually the death of one of the Crawley's daughters. An unnamed daughter oh. that we didn't actually talk about. So they actually, all in all... So an additional daughter. Yeah. Her name was Ethel. Mm. She died in 1917 as a... It said as a 10-month-old baby, 
But I also saw that Crawley died, remember, in 1910. So how was she a 10-month-old baby if this man died in 1910? And she was not born... Like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the time didn't really add up for that? Possible granddaughter? It said that it was one I mean, of their daughters. If we're looking... If we're looking at the 1800s, you know, this is something, you know, if if a a daughter became pregnant with an unfavorable partner, yeah. say it was out of wedlock or something, it's possible that the uh, like the grandparents will adopt the baby as and so to, like not ruin the reputation of the daughter. That's a really good point actually. I didn't even consider cuz I'm like I the, the timeline of the, this was one of those things I got really hung up on trying to look for answers on and I like like I was stuck yeah. on this for a long time. So if anyone out there does have an answer, finds a link to something that kind of clarifies this. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that this was fabricated for the spookery. The spookery of it all. But it's also if if Ethel if there is like record that Ethel was alive, I might put money on it being a child born out of wedlock and because this was a reputable family with a lot of like you know like honor was a big thing i wouldn't put it past like the grandparents adopting the baby being like oh this is our like yeah. moment of charity yeah to take care of this 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 child yeah and not flag who the mother and the like the real mother and father are absolutely that is a very real possibility and like i said i, I didn't even consider that as an like a possibility for this i was just like this just doesn't make sense who's this child this like you said i just thought it was fake um, but i included it in here because it's one of the it's one of the ghosts people report yeah, um this is the 1800s baby people did all sorts of weird things yeah so unfortunately baby ethel was reported to be a 10 month old baby when she did die her nursemaid dropped her down the stairs but the weird thing is is she claimed the nursemaid claimed that she felt some unseen supernatural force actually shove her back and that's what forced her to drop the baby whether it was an accident or intentional, we'll never know. However, in present day, visitors do report feeling a strange atmosphere around the stairs, and some report the sensation of an icy, cold hand of a child slipping into theirs. Oh. I'm trying to think, like, nobody at this point was dead yet, right? There would be no... Well, I guess if they built it on the hill of spirits, then, you know... I mean, nothing was reported before. I mean, it was just... They, they don't know for sure, but... It sounds to me like careless and then trying to get out of being considered murdering a member of the Crawley family. Right, like you said, it was a sus baby that came out of nowhere and then it died under suspicious yeah. circumstances. I'm like, this was sus all around. I get. It's also possible that if it was a sus baby, the nanny or this nursemaid was possibly paid to end the child in an accidental way. That was also a thing that occurred. That's pretty awful. And... Well, it only gets worse. So, like I said, this is where it gets really, really dark. And I told you already starting to question the Crawleys before, but this is where the rumors get a little wild. Yeah. So it, it was kind of gossip around town that Christopher Crawley is said to have gotten at least two of his maids pregnant. Oh, I wonder where Ethel came from. Huh, I just can't imagine where this child has come from. I just it automatically, <laughs> yeah. It starts putting some context to some stuff. Yeah, I mean, and this also like, could uh. be a really bad besmirching of character. He might really be a really nice gentleman hat-tipping ghost, but... It, like I said, these are all rumors. I, I absolutely yeah. pray this could be just some savage gossip because people were really trying to ruin this very nice man. It also but could also, just be like hamming up, like, ooh, we've got spooky stuff, we got to explain it somehow. Yeah, you you just really don't know. Yeah. You really don't. 
Um, so one of these women, who was reportedly one of his mistresses, uh, committed suicide by jumping to her death from the balcony above the stairs. Oh. But she was pregnant at the time of her death, so it's kind of, it just, it adds to the suspicion of it all. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> it was said that she hit the stairs and died instantly. Um, and the now stairs her again. ghost stairs again. Also hmm. strange. Also sus. And if this was before he died I, and before Ethel. I didn't have any timeline on this, so I have no idea hmm. if like you said, this could this all could be just made up lore for the True. house. I don't know. But if this really did happen But if we're looking for a a creepy presence that that is floating around the stairs, you know, with kind of especially if it's a nursemaid holding a baby. Yeah, and she's like, my, like my baby died. Like she's like taking it out on another baby. Like that's it's it becomes so suspicious so quickly on yeah, so many levels. Yeah, they're like, wow, the math's adding up. It's checking out. <laughs> something is weird. So yeah, that is exactly where her ghost is said to still haunt around that veranda right above the. Wow, mm, the stairs, the stairs. So the second maid actually did give birth to a son who she named Harold Steele. And this is where we do need to give the trigger warning for child abuse. All right. So poor Harold was involved in a horrible carriage accident. Um, He sustained very serious head injuries. And while he did live, he developed very aggressive and violent behaviors. Oh. His mother struggled to deal with him and ultimately made the decision to lock him away. Oh, that's uh, so literally, sad. literally chaining him to her bed in the dairy. Uh, so it was just this little shack behind the house, and she chained up this this little boy that she just didn't know how to deal with, which is just the worst thing. Yeah, it's you can so it's so sad. It only gets worse. Oh, so he would be mocked by passerbys because he would literally scream and howl all day long by just like he this poor abandoned child is like screaming for help and people are just mocking him for it he was probably in pain as well you know being hit by a carriage that's like that's that's lethal in the worst case he he probably had all sorts of like concussion he had horrible head injuries like who who knows like they clearly didn't treat injuries that well if like both the Crowleys died from like very treatable things I mean especially if you believe the Morris part of the story it's like oh a a young person is in any sort of like ailment just inflicting more pain will make it go away it's like and it also makes you wonder too like did this happen after like I don't know so was this like did Morris die first and this was already like a haunted area and then this boy gets trapped around this area and it just like I don't know. It's I know, just, and it's it's coming back to that boss character. If that is like the if if this is like the the Crawleys are not directly involved. If this is more, you've got like the chief of staff, and he's inflicting what he believes the Crawley will. He's got no time for these children, essentially. Like yeah. yeah. So it might not be Crawley himself, but it also could be. But if it's yeah. also like this Butler character who I've invented for the sake of the story. You know, like they're also like that could be that, that's like not even connection to the to the, the kids. It's just like I am just an abusive asshole. Yeah, and and you do you really wonder in these stories? You're like, I just yeah, it's how, want how someone many, to be mad at. Yeah, and it's like how many characters get erased for the sake of like a sensationalized story? There's a lot of that as mm-hmm. well. It's like you, you know the the cast may be thin, but there might be more characters in the background that we just didn't know about. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So. um Unfortunately, Harold would spend the next 30 years chained to this bed. Mm, uh, his so mom sad. 
his mom would bring him food and water every day, but eventually she, she passed away. And when she did, people had already forgotten about Harold. So no one was going to check on this man. No one was bringing him food and water at this point. Eventually they found him, and at this point he was pretty... He was in a horrible state. Yeah. Was, almost almost immediately he was deemed insane, and instead of helping him again, he was just shoved into an asylum. Oh. Uh, basically, he after that, just it, it was not long until he passed away. Wow. That's that's such a that that that's so sad. That's such a sad sad story. It, it really is the just the saddest, like you said, of it of the part of this whole thing it's like i just i hope that story is not real yeah i really hope that that's a that's a that's a sick fuck coming up with a sensationalized story to really sell the haunting but yeah like man i would i put it past like early 1900s like late 1800s not really that's very par right. for the course yep that's how they dealt with things was just shove it in a closet and don't talk about yeah, it it's I, like, even if that thing is a person mm-hmm. i don't know how to deal with that that's yep just out of sight out of mind literally well with that being said, the horrible part is over. Welcome, Welcome back. back from the trigger warning, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Um, yes, so now, because of what we discussed, the uh, area around this house is even more haunted. People here, like I said, whether it was due to Morris, whether it was due to Harold, wails, cries, screams, constantly heard from around this area. It's a pretty haunted part of the house, to be honest with I you. Be- a lot yeah. of tragedy happened right here. I believe it. So even though the, the Crawleys were revered for their status and money, they were it kind of sounded a bit shady, to be honest with you. They were up to some yeah. possibly weird things in the background. Uh, some, of the th- some of these things can definitely be chalked up to rumor, but we unfortunately will never know uh, what is fact from fiction in a lot of these cases. Mm-hmm. It's just up left for speculation. So I, I want to hope that this guy was a really good guy and these were just some nasty rumors flowing around. That's what I want to hope. So that's what I'm choosing to believe. I'm an optimist. Uh, you know, I, I'm a realist and I'm sure it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it probably, yeah. Um, but before we move on entirely, there is one last known person who does haunt the house. Oh. Um, it was just after the Crawleys had moved out. This this incident took place. Um, this It was during the time when the house was quote-unquote abandoned. Uh, one of the caretakers at the home, a man by the name of Jack Simpson, oh. was murdered at the Monte Cristo homestead. Oh. One evening in 1961, the doorbell rang and he opened the door to an unexpected lethal visitor. Uh, he was basically shot at point-blank range and left and died immediately and just left on the front porch of the house. Oh, okay, sure. Along with his body, the words, Die Jack, ha ha, were carved into the shed door. Oh. Okay, so it was actually, he was the target. It's kind of un- unknown, but I mean, like, what a weird coincidence, right? Yeah. Uh, I would have, like, if you had, if the words weren't there, I would have assumed that this was like, I'm going to get Crawley. He's had it too good for too long. But the fact, yeah, the fact that there was die Jack, haha. Super eerie. Very strange. Yeah. The culprit himself ended up being a local, a young local man who was crazy and had just apparently got done watching Alfred Hitchcock's, Alfred Hitchcock's movie Psycho three times in a row before going to commit this crime. Wow. So I couldn't recall. Was there a character named Jack in that? No, uh, to, the, to, to the best of my knowledge, there was no character named Jack in any of Psycho. 
Okay. So that was the Bates. Yeah, for some reason, this movie, I don't know if this played into his inspiration for any of the violence or what, but that was noted in the report of this was that he specifically had just gone on watching that movie three times and then went and killed this man. And I don't know if it was a targeted thing, but like you said, having the name be spelled out that clearly, it kind of makes yeah. it seem like it was. You said that Jack Simpson was a, like a gardener? Uh, Yeah, just one of the caretakers of the home that was trying to keep it like up and running while no one was living in it. I'm sure that he probably had some, like, local presence. Um, yeah. It, you know what this kind of reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of, like, the John Lennon assassination. Hmm. You know, the guy is like, I read The Catcher on the Rye and all of, and uh, it inspired me to do this, and the secret lies in The Catcher on the Rye, and then there was, like, there's, to this there's day, nothing. there's, like, no answer. Yeah. It's, yeah, and it's like, was that just, is it just something that, he, like, triggered something? Yeah. It's crazy, so it makes no sense to the non-crazy people, yeah. like you said. I, I don't know. Um, this yeah. one, though, whether it really happened or not, the actual words that were carved into the door can clearly still be read today. Wow. And the spirit That's... of, yeah, the spirit of Jack is said to linger in the area. So that one, I kind of believe, I don't know. But that also could once again be a sensationalized carving, it's you true. know, for the, for the, the, the drama of it all, you know, someone the decorated the drama when they were restoring the house or like, well, it will be a fun story to carve a, maybe it was a prank and oh that could be a thing maybe it was a local prank where somebody like carved it into the shed and the people who own the property are like what do we do about this and they're like no make it part of the story yeah just throw it in yeah. it works well it works great yeah honestly like you said a lot of this really could be chalked up to like this uh, people were just pranking people were just adding to the story whatever it is yeah or it could be real and it really does add a lot of like messed up layers to this whole thing you know I no, nobody is perfect and they gotta work it Again and again until and they, they get again. <laughs> I think I made the same joke in Ouija Boards. I think I did. <laughs> the perfect bookends, ma'am. <laughs> oh my god! So sorry, everybody. No, I, I love it. I love it. And that's all that matters. Exactly. Uh, uh, so now I know I said Jack was the last named ghost, but there are still other spooky sightings and occurrences that have happened yeah. around the property. You Remember the ghost orbs? All of the ghost orbs. You gotta tell me about the ghost orbs. The ghost orbs. It's actually that's that's it. There's just oh. that's the only other thing. I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 um, there have actually been a lot of stuff reported, many of which have actually been reported by the Ryan family themselves. Okay, so. When the Ryan family first moved onto the property in 1963, they claimed that their cat and dog would not even actually enter the house. Oh, yeah. That's usually a pretty telling sign. Animals know. Right. Animals, Animals know. know. You, you're you like, ah, we're getting into our brand new house. Look at this beautiful home, the Monte Cristo homestead. And you get there and both your animals literally just like skirt. No, yeah. no further, please. You're like, uh, like for whatever reason, whether it be like natural disaster, ghost related, like if mm -hmm. a dog saying no, it's for a reason. Yeah. Listen to your um, dog. Your dog knows when, more. It's not even just that when the dog and cat agree that something's wrong. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, something's really bad. This is <laughs> like, a bad place to be. Yeah, that for me, I'm like, that's telling when the dog and cat agree on that. Mm. Um, but before we get into the next little part, this is where we're going to give you the trigger warning for just some animal cruelty. Mm -hmm. um, it's not super relevant to the rest of the story. You can skip right past this and I'll let you know when we're done. Perfect. Um, so that one of the things that happened after this uh, was the family actually finding several of their chickens strangled oh. in their secure pen. Oh. Which is not, like, a natural thing for animals. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if a 
fox got in there, it wouldn't just strangle the chickens and leave. Yeah, when I think, you know, like, chickens not are not strangly animals. They don't strangle each other. No. But this is Australia. It could be a snake. They just strangled them? Yeah, Multiple there, chickens? Could, there are constrictors. Multiple chickens? It just sat there and murdered for fun? Do snakes do that? Uh, if they're full. What? I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a snake. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, is this actually? I believed you. But, I, but like that, when I when you said that they had been strangled, I'm like, it might be a constrictor snake and maybe the snake got caught, but. Australian spookery listeners out there, is there any. Do you have animals? constrictor snakes? Do you have constrictor snakes that just murder chickens? That get full real quick. Yeah. Well, so that's not the only thing, right? That it, it would be, maybe we could chalk it up to the snake, but then a family parrot? seemingly choked to death all by itself in its cage oh which i tried to look up too i'm like is is parrots choking common is that like a thing and i did find some like how-to articles on how to help a choking bird so maybe that is like a thing if there's got if there's wiki articles on it or maybe it's just we live in 2023 and there's so many how-to articles that this is the end of the road it also the end of the internet could be a vengeful groundskeeper who doesn't like the sound of birds because chickens are loud animals they cluck and so, and parrots are loud animals. They they squawk. So maybe we just had a really particularly grumpy groundskeeper, and they were silencing birds. Well, if it was that, it does not explain the most disturbing incident that happened with oh, animals okay. on the property. Mm-hmm. The most horrific thing that actually happened to the Ryan family was one day upon entering their breakfast room, which was they were using like basically their kitchen. Mm-hmm. They discovered dead and mutilated kittens oh inside their house in oh. the kitchen which is just unfathomable how very kemper of you yeah, right so I, I like you said after getting to this point in the story the minute i read that i'm like was like they're actually like a crazy person on the property like hiding like this was hinter kyfex secret room like yeah. murdering animals attic, like what, what's uh, happening we have an attic kemper lurking in the wall oh, that's so scary i don't know that's, that's some weird shit that's very um, weird shit what's kind of even weirder is it was reported that the crawlies hated animals oh so at this point the both of them are dead in this house they hated animals maybe this was their ghost just being like you said that we fucking hate the chickens this bird fuck fuck that bird like yeah. i don't know Ooh, that's yeah i i thought this was maybe a targeted bird attack but no like yeah it's Crawley loved Jeff and that was it. He said, you're not my Jeff, fuck you chickens. Yeah, he hated animals except prize thoroughbred horses called yeah. Jeff. It's <laughs> called Jeff. It's, but, he had a very but also, again, spot in his heart. maybe that was also a rumor that they didn't like animals, but I don't know. I don't know. We just Regardless, don't know. that is the end of the trigger warning. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Skippers. It's so good to see you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some strange occurrences there. So... Uh, another notable incident that the family experienced that did happen at least twice was the family reported that they would leave the house. They would turn off all the lights as, as normal people do when they leave the house, right? We're turning off all the lights. What do you yes. live in, a barn? Yeah, like, like it's expensive like, to leave the, the lights open. on. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they turn out all the lights. Totally normal. However, as they approached the empty house on their return, it's noted empty for a reason. They witnessed it completely lit up. But by the time they would actually reach it, the house would be in complete darkness again. Mm. Ooh, that's spooky. 
I don't like that. Right? Wouldn't that, like, you start driving, imagine that, actually. Like, put yourself in that, like, you're, you go out for, like, a fun family outing. You're, go, we're gonna go to a movie, everybody. And, like, you're super excited. And then on your way home, as you're approaching your own home, that you know mm -hmm. you turned out all the lights through all the windows and the doors, you can see all the lights in your house on. And then the closer you get, all of a sudden it just falls into complete blackness again. That's right. Did it mention what time they came home? It did not. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering, because like, if they came back when like the sun was setting, like possibly like if like the sun setting is hitting like certain windows, it can give the illusion that lights are on, for sure. Hmm. Okay. Um, but I'm also assuming that they're party animals and then they came back at midnight, in which case it was the witching hour, baby, and it was the demons. That's what I assume, too. That's exactly what I assumed. I'm like, this was midnight, they're party animals. These, these Ryans, they know what they're doing. The Ryans know um, what's up. Exactly. So that was my first my first guess. So, other guests who have visited the house uh, for tours have also experienced lights turning on and off, as well as feelings of nausea or overwhelming sadness. Orbs have also been spotted drifting all <gasps> the throughout orbs. the house in addition to actual <laughs> ghost sightings. And there have even there's even been reportings of poltergeist activity as well, so stuff like oh. moving around in the house and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. Classic hauntings. Classic. Classic haunting stuff, yeah. So, because of all of this, the house has garnered quite the reputation, and it has even been featured in several famous paranormal programs, including Scream Test, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters International, and now, the Spookery Podcast. Uh, there you go. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Certified, cemented in history. It is. It's in our library now. Oh, uh, love it. Right? So, though Reginald Ryan did pass away in 2014, his family still carry on, carries on the legacy and, and does what they do in the house. The Monte Cristo homestead is currently still open for tours. Uh, they're the ones giving it. Like I said, Lawrence is mentioned in all of the reviews. People freaking love oh, Lawrence. I love Lawrence. We love Lawrence in this yes. house. So Friday to Monday, you can visit from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., which is very open to walk-ins. They're like, come on down, we're here. Um, but if you want to get in on the actual ghost tours themselves, you got to go a little bit later. You do need the reservations for that. Um, those are on mm. Saturday evenings from at 6 p.m. they start. Um, they also even have an annual ball that was started in 1973 by the Ryans. It was meant to be just a one-time event to raise money, but after their guests requested to be left on the like list for tickets for the next year, they decided to do it again. And so now, last year, they just celebrated their 50th anniversary of doing the oh balls. They God. had the coolest masquerade event ever. I'm so sad we missed it, because if we had oh. known, I would have found a way to go. It sounds so I cool. Can we go? Yes, so... That is literally, like, all you need to do to get an invite to this is ask. You do need to have an invite to go, but all you have to do is ask, and they'll send you one. Oh and my God. So I, I really want to go, to be honest with you. I really want to go. I, when is it? Uh, when? Uh, it is the second Saturday night in September each year, so we have plenty of time. We got time. That's also when CrimeCon is around, so... That's the spooky month, spooky September. Sp Spooky September. It's basically October uh, October 2.0. But literally, they're just like, you know what? October's not enough. Let's extend it. I've always said that October should be at least three months. I think October starts in August. Right. I Them's agree. the rules. 100%. <laughs> my, my decorations go up right away. Yeah, my decorations are still up. <laughs> I hope that for you. But in addition to all of these amazing events that they hold, the bravest of souls can even spend the night at the Monte Cristo homestead. So, it leaves us 
with the burning question, lady. Would you spend the night at Australia's most haunted home? Is that even a question? <laughs> is that even... Is that it? Like, how can you pose that to me and me not do it? Right. I will the 100%. Spending the night goes to her. Like, this thing has it all. I'm like, I would get to I, wear cool dresses. Like, all of it. My biggest fantasy that I want to fulfill in my lifetime is I want to wear a big princess puffy ball gown and I want to sprint down the halls of a castle this is pretty freaking close this this is pretty close <laughs> I would love to go to a old timey classic Australian ball and I would love to spend the night in the most haunted house in, Amer- in Aust- America listen to me, Australia <laughs> and I just when can I do this tomorrow? I will. I'm, I'm booking a ticket. Let's go. Every every cent we earn from Spookery from here until forever is going to be put towards going on those trip tours. That's it. That's it. We will we will live stream it in front of a live Spookery audience. <laughs> oh my god! Could you imagine? But see, the minute that they heard, I was like, "Yeah, ghost tours, check, amazing. You can spend the night. Awesome. Wait, there's an annual ball. I literally like just I lost it. I was like, lady I, is going to lose her shit too when she I hears about this. Am going let's try and like sync it up with like the 75th anniversary as well so it's like an extra special thing right like, i'm okay waiting 24 years the spookery's still going by then bb a hundred percent we'll redo the episode at that point once we have our own personal accounts we'll talk about yeah. it we'll get to interview the ryans like we'll we actually get to interview get to, the ghosts literally like olive olive herself is still there like with her kids like like i said lauren like people are all like oh, olive is great she gives you all the history on stuff we can ask her all these questions and, and just like really get into the heads of the people that lived through the hauntings. I'm so down. Right? Sign me up. Right? Put me on that wait this list. Is be I our will first spooky I will trip. fight in hand-to-hand combat for the right to have this ticket. I will <laughs> fight whoever I need to fight. Oh. But I'll also ask Lawrence really nicely, Lawrence, please, can we come to your ball? Can we can right. we just can we just spook with you? I'd love to spook with you. Please, let's I would spook love with you. to spook with you. That's such a good question. I would love to spook uh, with you. I would love to spook with you. Can we spook with you, please, Lawrence? Please. Lawrence Lawrence, please. I'm I'm really not kidding. Like, I feel like I read reviews on Facebook, on Google, on, like, everywhere, and, like, Lawrence was just, like, highlighted so many times. People, like, I I gotta look. I love it. Lawrence, you are the the hat tipper. You, you, you tip all the hats, man. Lawrence, this... Shout out to Lawrence. Shout out to Lawrence, man. And yeah, I will totally link their website. So if it's something you're interested in going, I don't know if you're in Australia or it's a place that you spookery listeners were maybe thinking about going, but maybe this can entice you. And I'd love, you know, to to just kind of give them a little bit of a shout out. I know we don't have the biggest following in the world, but if a spookery member went and and experience this you just you gotta let us know yeah guys if, 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 if spookery listeners if you are in australia and you are near this place please send us photos i'd love to see like modern day photos like let us know please but i i'm sure spookery on tour one day spookery we're going to her add it oh. to the list of spookery on tour we're going. we're going we're gonna visit this and a bunch of other haunted locations we gotta go to the ouija board factory that's that's on the list we're going <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is absolutely just, like, top ten. It's, it's oh. there. Done. Done. It's sealed. It is in the spookery permanently forever. We are going to do this. It's manifested. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're just as excited as I was. I, like, <laughs> I, I really thought you, you heard about this already, so you're going to be like, yeah, in the ball that they do. I've always wanted to go. And no. the fact that I just, I love that I got to surprise you with everything. This episode was so satisfying for my end, I gotta say. Yeah, you know what uh, this season has really cemented for me hmm. is that I don't know shit about Australia. That's you know that's where I'm going to keep I picking think, things. Them. 
both of your Australian episodes, I'm like, I kind of know this story. And then you've immediately shattered that illusion. I'm like, I don't know this story. I don't know anything about anything. I'm going to shut up. I don't know anything about Australia. I don't know the haunting. I didn't know the cult. I'm so upset. But oh you've gosh. done it. But that's, you know, it's great. We're getting to take virtual trips around the world and really learn some history about a little town of Junie that I would have never, ever heard of, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, I'm I'm really glad that we got to explore this. I think this is a great addition to the spookery. I think it's a great oh, it last episode of the season. I am just I'm tickled pink with this. I think this was perfect because not only was it such a good story, it was the perfect manifestation. It's like, this is how we're ending season one, but this is how we're beginning Spookery. Right. Spookery is, we are going on tour. We are going there one day. It's just a matter of when. That's all it is. Exactly. That is exactly right. This is just, this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. So even though this is technically the end of season one, this is the beginning of Spookery. Oh boy, you and we wait. are just getting studded. Hold on to your butts, ladies and gents. We're coming. We're coming. Spookery is coming for you. I know. One day someone's going to just like turn around in their town and they're going to be like, wait, is that, is that the Spookery sisters over there? Is that <laughs> the Spookery sisters? I love that. <laughs> That's us. We're the Spookery sisters. We're the Spookery sisters. <laughs> it's done. It's confirmed. It's, it's canon now. Wow. I'm so down for that. I love that. <laughs> Oh it took gosh. us seven, it took us what seventeen episodes, but we did it. We did it. We've come up with a moniker: the Spookery Sisters coming at you live. Oh man, uh, uh, ma'am, this was this was perfect. This was literally such a, a breath of fresh air. This was a really nice, like, kind of conclusion to our very true crime-filled Spookery season one. Right, like this. This was perfect. It was. It man. was such a palate cleanser. We had so much fun. I had such a blast telling this. You're just all of it, ma'am. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. This was quite literally the perfect ending to a perfect season one. Like, how do you how do you top this? Season two is going to be so hard to top this. It's season two is going to be beautiful in its own right. We're not even going to compare the season because it's just one long story, right? Is there not it, two separate opposing things? Is it the continuation of an amazing journey that we're on? It's true. The only difference between season one and season two is that we take a quick break in the middle just to recharge our batteries. That's right. all it is. Exactly. So. No, but things are just going to keep getting better. We're going to keep ramping up. Eventually, we are going to go on these field trips. We're going to have personal accounts to talk about. And who yeah. knows? Who knows what other kind of stuff we'll add to the wheel or to our list? We, we don't know. Yeah, who knows? We've already got a couple of changes planned for season two. So, I mean, season two is already going to be different. At season three, who knows what we'll be up to in season three? Season four. Woo. Gosh, right. Woo. By the time, like you said, season five rolls around, we'll be completely different. We'll be like, wow, yeah. we're reborn. They've completely changed the hosts over the first two. <laughs> <laughs> the first two hosts suck. They were all the Spookery sisters. Get out of here. <laughs> now we got Spookery Simons. Spookery Simons. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, no, oh. but truly, I mean, what a what an amazing story! What an amazing season! What an amazing co-host! What what an amazing right? What an blank. amazing, what I, an amazing! I can sit here and gush forever with you, ma'am. I just I really am so proud of this season, and I'm so honored that you wanted to go on this journey with me. This oh. has been a passion project the whole time, and I feel like I've just gotten more passionate about it as time has gone. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like we're watching this like baby like grow, and it's like we we made this, we did this, we, made, we did it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's it's such a beautiful thing. And like, uh, not to, you know, kind of date us, but we're currently sitting at like 750 listeners. Like for one season, that's pretty freaking good. I think I'm going to take that. That's, I, I'm going to cash that in. I was happy if I was just making these stories for you ladies. So the fact that there is even another person out there that wants to listen and laugh along with us, that is a win for me. I will take it. So you spookerinos yeah. out there, thank you for listening. We love you. 
uh, Spookerinos, thank you for just coming on with this journey. Thank you for just listening to us. Like, you yeah. guys, every, everyone, Alana, you, me, everyone who's listened, you guys just made this journey so beautiful and emotional. And I feel like I'm going to cry. I know. And <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I keep rambling because I don't want it to end. I don't want this to be like, the, we still have a recap. We still have a recap. We, do. we got that. We do. We the ending of that's going to be worse. <laughs> Yes, the postmortem. I think we're gonna be like a blubbery mess by the end of it. But oh. this, this for our our last story, and like let's be honest, like I'm probably going to have my, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna spin the wheel for our, our season two very shortly, and then we're gonna get straight into season two. It's not over. We're just taking a hot break. It's not goodbye. And it's just see you later. It's just see you in like two weeks. Because man, oh man, we, you cannot stop us. We are even when we're supposed to be on break, quote unquote. We're doing. We're stuff. not on break. Like, yeah. we're, we're literally we're just coming. doing. Spookery. We're just banking episodes. We'll be here. Uh, yeah, that's it. Like the the the, the grind never stops. The grind it just gets never better. stops. Spookery never sleeps, baby. Spookery never sleeps except when we nap. Exactly. exactly. Spookery doesn't sleep. It just naps. It just naps. <laughs> it just naps. <laughs> that's a good quote. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh uh, man! Well, but once again, ma'am, thank you for an amazing haunting. Thank you for like the 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 woman in black vibes. Like I, I I feel like this is definitely something to touch up on the recap. Is like is the woman in black based on this? Right? I, yeah. Like you said, what influences has this had? Not yeah, just are in- there. Are there stories out there that I'm familiar with, but I didn't realize was the Monte Cristo house? And who's Monty? Right, who is Monty? We found the Cristo. I will give you that. We found the Cristo, but we who found is Cristo, Monty? But, but who's Monty? But who is Monty? Find who's out Monty? in the recap. Yeah, find out <laughs> next week on Spooker. <laughs> next week on Spooker. Oh, man. And, oh, man. In the meantime, if you want to find out where you can find us on socials, ma'am, you want yeah. to tell them? Sure, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Spookery Podcast. We're also on YouTube at Spookery Podcast. We're very predictable. It's the same everywhere. It's the same. It's the same everywhere. <laughs> Continuity, it matters. It sure is. But where can they send us a message, ma'am? If you want to send us a message, a kindly worded, beautifully written message, you can do it at Spookery Podcast. Not at Spookery Podcast. At- <laughs> send it to... <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com it took me three times but i did it that's that's the one that's the that's the place that we go and of course guys if you are if you have enjoyed season one if you have enjoyed coming on this journey with the spookery sisters as we are now known yes um please consider leaving us a five-star review it really really helps it'll help get us the momentum for season two and it'll just kind of yeah share it with people that you like if you've been liking the stories like spread it to, to people you know be like hey these guys are pretty cool they're kind of dumb but they're kind of cool exactly Here you go. and let yeah, them make up I'd, their own minds about it and be like you know what tell me all the things you hated and that's, yeah that's all you nicely say. yeah nicely exactly <laughs> yeah but yeah, please consider leaving a five-star review. It means the world to us. We love you guys so much. Thank you for coming with us on this spookery journey. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, everybody. And we will hopefully do it justice by wrapping it up beautifully next episode. Giving you everything that we you know, need to correct. All the details we had questions on. Things that maybe our viewers had questions on. Yeah, if you have a question right chance. now. Send this it. is your last <laughs> week to send it because we are we're like we're here we're in it now so yeah. if you guys have questions this is it this is it yeah but until next time stay spooky goodbye goodbye goodbye, goodbye everybody bye.
that's it. That's season one. We're and done. that is season one. Bada bing, bada boom. We did it, baby. One. Oh, season one, you were so beautiful. Season one was a masterpiece. Like, ah, uh, mm. I'm Gosh. so proud. I'm so proud of us. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss, spookery. Wow. We love you. Monte Cristo. Monte Cristo. <laughs> Monte Cristo. <laughs> <laughs>